Hello and welcome to the weekly VM Campos Comic Book Club. I'm your host, VM Campos, and this is the podcast where I review a comic book, new or old, from my collection. This week, however, is the final week of the month, so it's time for a comic haul, reviewing all of the comics that I bought this month. For the free video version of the podcast, head on over to patreon.com slash vmcampos to see the comics I'm talking about. It's the end of April and I've got some comics to show. Unfortunately, I didn't really get too many comics this month. We seem to be in some sort of global pandemic that is disrupting the supply chain of comic books or something. I don't know, I never go outside of the house, so I don't know what's going on. So I don't really have any new comics to show you except for this, the Rick and Morty number one. Yep, I've got a copy of Rick and Morty number one. Uh, no, this is not the one that's worth a hundred dollars. This is a later printing of the comic book, actually. Um, so let's see if I can show it properly on the camera. Uh, here we have, okay, it's the Rick and Morty uh, number one cover, but then you go like this and whoa, there's Mr. Poopy Butthole right there. He's part of the scene. Remember him? He's been there all along. So this is the, I believe, seventh printing lenticular cover. So it does actually show up pretty well on camera, actually. Now you've got to see it in real life. It's amazing in real life. Um, but there's a version of it from one angle where it's the normal number one cover, first printing, and then there's a version over here where it's the, I believe, fifth printing, or was it fourth? I think it was the fourth printing with PB in it. And then there was a fifth printing, and then like a Hot Topic printing, and a new Comic Book Day printing, and oh, the there was the 50th issue anniversary printing, I think that was the sixth printing, and I think this is the seventh printing. I'm glad I got it because this is starting to rise in price and if I had only bought it like a few months ago I would have paid half for it so I had to kind of pay double what I really wanted to pay but I've got my complete collection now I've got every single printing of Rick and Morty comics number one yes first printing as well but no not the Justin Roiland one but I'm happy getting this one here and you really have to see it in real life it's really cool, very vibrant. You can see from some angles they like drew extra parts of the of the original comic so that it does look like things are actually moving a little bit here and there. They do seem three-dimensional enough. So a very cool right here. This is one of the items I got this month for the April haul. And then I have here Amazing Spider-Man number 312. Okay, a little backstory. Uh, no, I didn't buy this recently. This is one of my vintage comics from back in the day. So the rest of the things I'm going to show in the video are just reminiscing about these early Spider-Man comics. That's The Rick and Morty comic is the only one I got in April. So it's a very light haul. So I thought, well, let's still have a haul episode, but let's talk about some vintage comics. So definitely, if you're only listening to the podcast, you've got to go watch the podcast to see what I'm talking about. Okay, so um, this is the Green Goblin versus the Hobgoblin. Now, this is back when Todd McFarlane was actually on Spider-Man, and it was coming out like twice a week or something. Man, I love this. I love this cover. Uh, fun fact, actually, I had it back in the beginning when it came out for a dollar, and then I sold it a few years later for a dollar because I didn't understand the value that comics would change. And so for like 20 years, I didn't have a copy anymore until I bought one off of eBay. Uh, more than one, actually. And I've got it again. So it's the new stand edition. It's Spider-Man in the background there. Gob uh, uh, Green Goblin versus Hobgoblin. Not an illusion. It finally happens. 
and the non-mutant superhero at the same time also inferno inferno attacks was was happening not inferno attacks uh, that was atlantis attacks inferno storyline was going on we got a little bit of fire in the marvel art box but yep one dollar uh way back in 1988 issue 312 published in february um barcode version newsstand version and that's a blast from the past Number three, eleven. This is a beautiful Mysterio-focused cover. Beautiful green tones, purple tones. The Return of the Man Called Mysterio is what the subtitle says, and it's still part of the Inferno storyline. Uh, again, one dollar. This is the um, direct edition comic shop version. Uh, Todd McFarlane was drawing like um, spider uh, spider web numbers in the UPC box. And this goes to show that it is a direct edition comic shop version. So back then in 88, I was either getting comics from the local 7-Eleven, the newsstands, or going to Omni Comics in Imperial Beach, rest in peace. They've been gone for a long, long time. Now what McFarlane was also doing, um, the cover, he's got his signature, McFarlane 4. And what that's supposed to mean is that he drew four spiders somewhere in the art. So um, I count one, two, three, maybe four in that corner. Oh, there's the fourth one. Yep, so there's four spiders, kind of like the Al Hirschfeld um, caricatures of people that he would uh, sign his daughter's name, I think, Nina, in the artwork. McFarlane was doing this with spiders. So it's a really cool cover here, Mysterio versus Spider-Man. He returns to the storyline at that point. So ASM 311. And that means we go down to 310. This is where it's sale, where it says now on sale monthly. Uh, so they vacillated between twice a week, monthly, bi-monthly, I don't know, uh, back in the day. And so again, it's another McFarlane issue. At last, Peter Parker goes back to college. So. Peter Parker, high school student, he went to college, Empire State University, um, and then he quit college to work in the real world, and I think that gave uh, Aunt May her seventh heart attack, and so here he's returning to college. I forget this guy's name in the corner. Uh, just some mean old guy in the corner, drawn really well. And then the other subtitle, but first Spidey must confront Shrike Force. So some hooded figure. Uh, not sure if this is the first appearance of this character or what. Uh, but yeah, pretty cool cover as usual. The classic red and blue Spider-Man costume versus this guy in all black with a, with a lot of blonde hair on sale monthly. 309. Now this is on sale twice a month. So they were really working old McFarlane to the bone. To save his wife, Spider-Man must get through Sticks and Stone. I believe this is the first appearance of Sticks and Stone. And uh, the plot line here is that Mary Jane is, is kidnapped. She had uh, recently-ish gotten married with Peter Parker. And then she got uh, kidnapped by Caesar or something. Um, and um, I remember it really kind of uh, traumatized me that uh, the plot of that going on, that she was kidnapped and she was living in the same building as Peter Parker, where they were both living in. And he was like the rich, uh, rich guy that no one could say no to. And he hired Sticks and Stone to take out 
uh, Spider-Man. So, uh, which is which? Let's see. Uh, Stone is the one with all the big guns, and Sticks is the one with a death touch that you, touches you and basically wither to death. So, this one happens to be the uh, newsstand edition. Now, this does say 14 there, which is very odd because that's usually the month. But again, this was being published more than twice a month, so um, this is month 14, kind of. And I love the beautiful purple tones uh, that Mary Jane is in. Sticks and Stone are in like yellow and orange tones, and Spider Man is in regular colors. 308. Now, also, if you notice, the on sale twice a month, it says early November. And this uh, one has not the barcode, but the direct edition uh, webs. So this is the Who Kidnapped Mary Jane. It, again, continues that storyline. This is Taskmaster, famously misspelled uh, cover. Kidnapped is misspelled. So the editor missed that. Spider-Man looming over uh, Taskmaster, really uh, tormenting him. Where is my wife? Uh, in, in a graveyard. So I always loved this cover. The moon, the moon looms large. Very cool, very nice angle. I never really thought that the villain was... Uh, feeling like in much danger or anything. He kind of looks like he's smiling at him like yeah, do your worst Spider-Man and Spider-Man's like I'm gonna beat your ass right now 307 From Chicago comes the chameleon. So this is an amazing cover. This is the chameleon in the Spider-Man costume and uh, With the McFarland like twisting fingers and all of that that he was famous for I love this close-up cover It's like very direct just a black background nothing there except the darkness chameleon in his like purple clothing dressed as spider-man with um the corner box uh, the upc box is uh, another uh, direct edition indicator there and this was from late october 88 306 this should look familiar to all comic book aficionados this is a cover swipe of action comics number one the first appearance of superman here we have spider-man uh, wrecking a car, a police car, with bystanders running around. Uh, this is the newsstand edition. It's got the barcode, so month 11 right there, early October, on sale twice a month. Uh, humbug's back, and there's a crisis on campus. So this is before, since I'm going backwards, this is before Peter went back to college, but he's visiting his old alma mater that he dropped out of. That was a big storyline several years ago, college dropout and so forth. And then the cover is a swipe again of Action Comics number one, that, that famous Superman cover. 305, one of my favorite ones from this time. We've got the Prowler, uh, very Spawn-esque posing, uh, cutting Spider-Man's web with a great swipe with action. 305 is in webs in the uh, corner box. So this is direct edition, the comic shop version. I love the contrasting green and purples there and Spider-Man in a very nice pose. Now, I don't know if my particular uh, edition of this has a problem or they all were like this, but at the very top, it's really cropped at the top. It's really cutting that the, the Marvel box on the top left corner. All of these other ones, they have plenty of headroom at the top, but uh, I don't know, share yours. Is yours all cropped up massively like that at the top, or is it just mine? I think I have a valuable miscut. 304. So here we have After the Fox. So um, what's his name? I think, I guess, just the Fox, Silver Fox, whatever his name is. Um, he returns to uh, the Spider-Man 
uh, story after being gone for a while. I think he was way back in like 265 or so, and he comes back here in 304. I started collecting Spider-Man, or my first Spider-Man was from 266. Uh, and, then I, and then I started again with 293, I believe. So I had just missed the first appearance of Silver Sable. Uh, but here is the fox and another corner box is the uh the webs the number of the webs and number 304 so it's a direct edition comic book version i love the perspective here spider-man is above the fox uh, i believe this is a one-shot story and the posing is just really cool just you know mcfarlane really doing this um arachnid over the top posing at that time that everyone loved 303. This is Silver Sable, speaking of Silver Sable, and um, the Sandman. This is subtitled On the Waterfront, and this is the newsstand edition. It's a 08 right here. Uh, so during some of the months, they doubled the issues being released, and this is before that doubling. Uh, that's why we saw on the first issues that I showed it sale now on sale every month, because then it eventually became now on sale twice a month. We get your dollar twice a month. By this time, Spider-Man comics had become $1. When I first started reading them, I remember they were 75 cents. And when they went to a dollar, I was like, wow, your money doesn't go as far as it used to. But then we've got here, so Silver Sable and the Sandman and a bunch of shenanigans happening on the waterfront. 302, no Spidey! Chaos in Kansas. So at this time, Peter Parker was traveling the country promoting his book of photography that focused on Spider-Man. Uh, somehow, Peter Parker was always able to get the best shots and uh, photograph Spider-Man perfectly. So he compiled a book and then sold it across the country, and that really helped his income. So anyway, uh, he's in canvas here. No one will stop me from having my revenge. No one! So I don't remember the story about this one, uh, but he's uh, traveling through Kansas, and someone wants revenge on Spider-Man, and... Um, the corner box shows before McFarlane got, uh, started to draw the, the webbed up numbers, they had the classic uh, Spider-Man head here that they've had since the early 80s to show that this was a direct edition comic shop version. So Spider-Man's didn't totally blasted by the bad guy, chaos in Kansas happening, uh, and the background's all shattered and such, I love it. Although it really traumatized me and made me think that Spider-Man might really be hurt. Next up, we've got 301. So famous um, inverse uh, version, so to speak, of number 300. This is uh, 301. Uh, we have uh, a return to the classic red, white, and blue Spider-Man costume. He had been in the black costume for a while, and Venom was recently introduced, and so he went back to the classic after Venom terrorized Mary Jane. And so, yep, number 301, this is the new stand edition. This is a 06 in the barcode. It's just really cool to see the uh, contrasted version of the black costume versus the classic costume. White background versus the red and black background from before. And in this issue, Silver Sable is back. So Todd McFarlane would start a legendary run right around these issues. So that's it there, Amazing Spider-Man number 301. Actually, I wouldn't leave you hanging, would I? Here's my amazing copy of Amazing Spider-Man number 300. My original Amazing Spider-Man number 300. Truth be told, not in the most amazing condition. Maybe it looks okay on the camera, but I'd say it's, I don't know, like a 5.0 or something. Um, maybe we'll get a few close-ups here and there. You can help me CGC grade this. 
so let's see all of the imperfections. Yep, the cover's kind of like, you know, rolled spine. All that's gotten flatter over the years. Unfortunately, I maybe stacked a few comics onto it here and there. And there's a few gouges, which I'm sure with a nice pressing will remove. Uh, the white paper isn't as white as it could be. Oops, there's a stain on the top left corner. Ooh, the top left corner looks pretty bad. A lot of those nicks over there, but the comic is complete, and I believe actually I did get it signed by Jim Salakrup at, at a Comic-Con, like 96 or something. So there's an unverified CGC uh, signed uh, cover of Amazing Spider-Man number 300, my original one from back in the day. This is the direct edition comic shop version of it. I'm 99% sure I got it at Omni Comics in Imperial Beach. And so I still have my copy, one of my most important comics in my collection. Not the most valuable, although it was one of the most valuable for a very long time. Um, and it's just amazing nostalgia right there, especially when you put them side by side. 300 plus 301. Wow, look at that amazing diptych right there. Uh, I love that, those two contrasts. Now with my uh, IRS stimulus check, uh, shh, don't tell the government, but I'll probably get like a better copy of that ASM number 300, eh, maybe the 301 as well, just to have some mint copies. Because after all, I need the direct edition version of 301 and I need the newsstand version of 300. So I might as well spend that sweet 1200 that I'm getting from Uncle Sam to get some amazing copies of those classic comics from my childhood. And so there you go. That's my comic haul for this month. I didn't really get anything. I was, you know, stuck at home like all of us. And there wasn't any new comics being published by Diamond. Thanks. Uh, so I just wanted to share some uh, classic Spider-Man comics of my youth that are still in my collection. That are still very important to me. That throughout my moves throughout the years, I've still always had them. They've always still been a part of me. What about yourself? Tell me all about your early comics. Share your first comics, whether you started recently or been an old timer like me or an older timer like, like I know a lot of you are out there. Props. This has been the weekly VM Campus Comic Book Club, and I'll see you next week.